Welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. You know, I say it every time and I mean it every single time. Uh, the the fact that you um, that you take your time and and spend it with uh, with us here at the Taking the Charge podcast. It's unbelievable. Uh, there's so much great stuff out there, and uh, and you you know you listen to us. Thanks. Um, we have a fun show uh, this week. As an interview with uh, Hermé Duran, uh, the uh, global director of basketball at Instat. Uh, if you want to know how. Uh, big data and uh, and and statistical analysis and everything uh, affects games. Uh, how people uh, can can put together programs, also uh, national team structures, etc. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we also have a sneak peek of our taking the charge prospects podcast interview this week with Kimani Winsu of Asvel slash. Uh, San Quentin, where he's on loan. Uh, but before we do all that, let's uh, get to the uh, story we're watching. Obviously, this week there was the announcement of the uh, three wild cards for the Adidas Acceleration Tournament Finals. Uh, so the field is set. Uh, the four winners of the qualifying tournaments, so that being Asphalt, Villabon, and then you have uh, Stella Azura Rome. Uh, there's uh, Incep, Paris, and Real Madrid. Uh, and then uh, the three wild cards go to uh, the host team would be Sabrina Svez, the Red Star, Belgrade. Uh, you also have Mega uh, Mozart, Belgrade, and also uh, Maccabi, Tel Aviv. Uh, the eighth team being a, comp- uh, a collection of players for the Adidas uh, for the next generation team uh, uh, selected by uh, Adidas. So there's your your field there. Um, was a little bit surprised that Chagiris wasn't taken. I think the fact that they took that they uh, gave uh, uh, Real Madrid everything that they could handle and, and more. Uh, plus you have a couple of pretty good uh, talents in Paulios Morauskas and uh, Mutios Krivas. Uh, plus it's a two-time champion, long-time host of one of the qualifying tournaments. And I just thought all of that was uh, more than enough. Uh, but they uh, decided to uh, go with with uh, with uh, uh, Maccabi, for example. Mega, um, you know, n- not having Nikola Jurisic, you know, really kind of hurt them in the in the Belgrade tournament. Uh, but I imagine he'll be there for for the uh, for the Belgrade uh, finals. Um, yeah, so that that's the story we're watching. Everything that's involved with that. Uh, stay tuned to the uh, to the Euroleague.net uh, Adidas Next Generation tournament site. Uh, I will be writing features about some players. Have already uh, submitted a couple of features and uh, player features, and uh, so that stuff will be coming up in the coming weeks um, as we ramp up the preview coverage for that uh, tournament, uh, which runs, of course. Uh, uh, um, uh, right alongside the year league final four in in Belgrade, uh, young player that uh, young player to watch, and uh, I thought it was uh, real interesting that Ariel Hookporty uh, decided to uh, a not um, a not uh, put his name uh, declare for the 2022 NBA draft, the uh, young German uh, 2003 born uh, center. 
but now uh, it was uh, announced that he will be staying for the 2023 uh, season uh, in 22-23 season uh, with Melbourne United. Um, so uh, it's uh, another year uh, of, of him being down in in um, in, uh, in the NBL and uh, will be interesting. You know, a lot of the guys that have come through that that uh, that league are more guards wings. Um, and this would be kind of the first one to really be a, a big. And so uh, interesting to see uh, him uh, decide to, to stick around another year, 2002 born. Um, so he's, you know, uh, he would even be, you know, not automatically eligible uh, even until um, uh, until uh, two years from now. Um, so, but uh, yeah, Ariel Porti sticking around at Melbourne United. Uh, the event uh, that we're watching, Thursday and Friday in uh, in Ljubljana, the capital of Slovenia, is the uh, ABBA Under-19 uh, Final Four, uh, and that has Mega taking on Igokea and um, Derby uh, against Sedavita Olympia. You know, obviously this is, you know, the uh, the elite league, uh, in the Balkans. And, uh, you know, be interesting to see which of those teams, uh, all of them have, have some pretty good talent, uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, if you, uh, if you, uh, can, uh, can follow those, uh, those games, uh, should be a pretty, pretty fun event. Uh, I am pretty sure Marco Turk of our, of our talking talent uh, podcast, uh, one of the scouts is going to be there. Not sure if, if Ivan Mitrovic is going to make it there, uh, but should be fun. Uh, so there's the event that we're watching. Those are games are Thursday and Friday. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, as mentioned, the uh, sneak peek of our taking the charge prospects podcast interview with Kimani Wensu, uh, with Asvel and San Quinton He's on loan with the, uh, Pro B second division team, San Quinton. Uh, so here's a sneak peek of that and we'll catch you on the other side. And you're actually not at Asvel right now either. You're actually, as we talked before, you're at San, San Quentin. Um, in, in January, you, you made the, you made the move, uh, from Asvel, uh, on loan to the second division to the Pro B. Um, maybe what was, uh, you know, what was some of the deciding factor in the move? Uh, and then, you know, why Pro B, why San Quentin? Um, I knew that I had the chance to play uh, third division with the second club of Asvel Yonso. And I didn't want to play third division. I wanted to play like a championship who is like tougher because I know Pro B and for me, what I saw and what I see uh, at this time and what everybody uh, told me, I think Pro B is tougher than Pro Pro A. Like everybody here to to get a new contract, you know, to go higher to play uh, as a higher level. But Pro A is uh, Pro A reached the high level uh, of basketball. You know, Pro A is closer than what everything did in. Euroleague and all the stuff like that, but Pro B is a championship where for a young player, I think is a good move, you know, because especially for a point guy like me, because in Pro B, I got a lot of uh, opponents who are like small, fast, put a lot of pressure, they tough, they strong. So for me, is I think it's a pretty good move I did because uh, Every day I can improve. I can improve. Like 
at the practice or at uh, during the games against opponents who who maybe play not as good uh, basketball as in pro A, but they put more intensity and they tougher, I think. So that's one of the reasons I didn't move. And I think that as well, I would not lose my time because every, every day I practice, uh, I could be better with this group. But we only have a few practices, you know, because you play every two game, two days, you got a game and you got not a lot of practices to show the coach, uh, to show that you're improving. Even if we got a lot of talented and you love big, big players, but I think I had to, to play. I had to get my minutes, you know. And make I know make the mistakes too. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I know he probably, yeah, I could play like uh, 15, 20 minutes and something like that. Something I wasn't sure I could do in Nashville, you know. So, yeah, that's what I did this move. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, fun chat. Uh, if you, uh, that's part of the paid subscription for taking the chart.prospects.com. Uh, jump on there, subscribe, uh, become a paid subscriber. If you think it's too much, come to me, drop me a message, uh, and we could talk about the price. Um, uh, you not only get the full uh, interviews with the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, but you get the full archives of the Talking Talent podcast. Uh, just a note, the ANJT, uh, the ANJT previews, reviews, Uh, will remain free available for uh, everybody, uh, but uh, the uh, the the longer uh, player uh, breakdowns uh, those are the uh, those are put behind the paywall, uh, part of the paid subscription, uh, two weeks after publication. So um, that's part of the other uh, the other part, other perk of the paid subscription. Uh, all right, so interview of the week. Uh, we have, uh, as mentioned before, Ermay Duran, the global director of basketball at Instats. Um, you know, it's a huge, huge operation. Uh, and and uh, you go listen to, you know, you know, over the course of the interview, you really kind of get a, a, a feel of the magnitude of the work that these guys do. Um, and it's a, it's a very fascinating breakdown of how Uh, how stats are, um, you know, becoming more and more important. Uh, obviously, it's, it's nothing new um, in the world of basketball, but it is, uh, I, I thought it was revealing that everybody basically in Europe is already there. And if you're not, you're definitely behind the eight ball. Um, so uh, lots of great stuff in this one. Uh, thank you to uh, Hermé Duran for coming on and, and sharing all the wonderful insight about Instat. Uh, in the world uh, of big of big data and data and uh, analytics, uh, so that is our show this week. Uh, enjoy the interview, and we will talk to you next week. All right. So on the Taking the Charge podcast, uh, we have Ermay Duran, the Global Director of Basketball at Instat. Uh, Mr. Duran, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Doing well, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Really, really appreciate this. Gladly. Uh, you've uh, been a uh, help to me uh, in, in many ways, and, and it's always wonderful to have conversations with you uh, in any regard. And, and so uh, 
figured, uh, you know, it's a good time. Uh, one of the things that I like about, about uh, doing this podcast is I can talk about anything and, uh, and also give a, uh, and, and sort of, um, you know, discuss the different aspects of the game in general. Uh, it's not just the players on the court and, you know, coaches and whatever, but there's a lot of uh, things that go behind it. And, and you um, are actually, uh, you know, one of the, you know, you're working in one of those areas and that is, uh, and it's actually a huge area and it's getting bigger and bigger. And one of the, one of the things I kind of want to talk about is how sort of data uh, analytics um, in, in basketball, kind of how it's, maybe growing a little bit, you know, sort of the, the, in Europe and, and maybe sort of where it's, uh, where it's, um, you know, where it's uh, place is right now, uh, et cetera. Um, so, but be, before we get into that, uh, why don't, why don't we just, uh, you know, I'm sure you've done this plenty of times and, you know, give us a sort of a, a, a basic rundown uh, for those who don't know what Instat is. Uh, just to kind of uh, have people understand of of, of what we're basing uh, sort of the conversation on. Sure thing. Well, um, Instat is plain and simply a video service provided towards uh, teams, leagues, players, and uh, officiating crews, so referees uh, across the globe. And we practically break the film down. Um, teams or leagues or basically anybody that basically has access to Instat uh, can upload game footage or they can request game footage to be uploaded onto our platform. And we regularly try to turn that game film around as soon as we basically have the game footage and uh, potentially also as long as we have the, uh, let's say, box score information so we can uh, grade everything accordingly. It gets tagged by our uh, taggers internally and we use little bit of artificial intelligence as well to go along with that um but yeah i mean in a nutshell it's kind of like this uh holistic video uh, analysis service uh provider circumstance that we pretty much kind of like give to the world in terms of basketball so let's let's say when you when you guys get a uh, game film uh digitalized um of a game that you know uh, obviously 40 minutes you know doesn't really mean 40 minutes it's it's more like you know whatever hour 45 minutes i'd say roughly is mm -hmm. i guess you could probably i guess you could probably actually give me a good uh, you know what the average actually game uh, i don't <laughs> two need hours that. two hours is it really two hours yeah uh roughly because i would i would have been closer to like hours. 145 or so uh, i mean uh from tip off from tip off till yeah from from tip off till the last dead ball um, it, it's roughly about two hours that you're looking at. Uh, but I mean, it, it's literally then we have broken up everything and anything in between. I mean, anything from uh, simplistic box score information all the way till uh, the various uh, lineup analysis to the pick and roll information, anything and everything. So, I mean, that's within the time frame of what uh, you're looking at as, um, let's say, the full length video being dissected down into the tiniest minuscule uh, circumstance that's basically happening on the court. I mean, I'll even include this. I mean, we recently uh, were looking into developing a new, let's say, range of stats. And we dug in and we were thinking, I mean, so what's the evolution of the game? And where does that really uh, take us next? And um, we started thinking, okay, I mean, we're dealing with so much offense in the game already. So 
why don't we uh, look at defensively speaking something? And we began digging in. All of a sudden, we found out that, I mean, deflections is, uh, are, are, let's say, a stat that is not really being fully processed by any service provider internationally or globally speaking. So we said, what the heck? I mean, we, we better start looking at this. Uh, we had a talk with several clients that are within our uh, pool already. And they said, uh, it's a perfect stat to actually give us more insight on. And one thing led to another, we started tracking deflections as of the 16th of December, uh, 2021. And I mean, even that right now is included in our, uh, let's say advanced stats pool uh, when we're looking at details about, it's a breaking down game from. And, and how long does it take to break down a game? And like to, from the time you get it to the time you're, you have it available for your clients? Full turnaround officially is, is about 12 hours, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it also depends on various factors. So, I mean, if you're looking at um, whether or not a client uploads a game versus we upload a game, and then uh, how that game is actually processed uh, during basically um, the process. So, I mean, if it's, let's say, a short breakdown analysis or if it's a full advanced breakdown analysis, mm-hmm. if referee analysis is included, um, all those measurements, they're all included in there. But roughly, uh, we're looking at about yeah, 12 hours. Okay. For one game. And, and we break down more than I think. I was going to say, how many um, games do you guys, because you have a lot of leagues. I mean, we, we, we work with the more than 180 leagues right now in the world. And I think we break down more than at least a thousand games a month, at least. I mean, if, if, not, if time, not even time, more. Times, times 12. And that just gives you an idea of the, oh, yeah. the man exactly. hours of I mean, the. The, the, the sheer manpower, when, it, when, when you look at this thing, it's really crazy. I mean, we, we literally work around the clock 24-7, 365. And, I mean, our production department really does not have a stop at all whatsoever. They, they work in shifts. They work, uh, let's say, burning the midnight oil, as we say. So, but, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they literally get the job done. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the, the number of, uh, uh, of leagues. Uh, so, I mean, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I know, I know you work with BCL, uh, maybe just, you know, talk, you know, some of the, some of the bigger people that you guys, the, uh, to work with. Uh, we work with the NBA. We work with uh, close to mostly all the ACB teams in Spain. Uh, we work with the VNX League. We're very, very proud of them, extremely. Uh, they're just a up and coming Belgium, Belgium and Netherlands, Belgium and Netherlands yeah. combination, uh, the, the league exactly. that they put together. Exactly. Uh, we also work with the German Basketball League, uh, many clients over there. We work with uh, specifically um, Telecom Baskets Brom and their head coach, uh, Thomas. I mean, he loves our services and uh, they, as a full um, let's say coaching crew, they, they love us and they, they literally practically at the end of every season, they give us some new thought process to basically get into. So, I mean, uh, we even basically are also at the forefront of doing that. I mean, we as an organization, we listen to what our clients say. I mean, if they ask for something or if they basically tell us that we need to improve on a certain part of our analysis, we listen, we see what we can do, and we definitely try to do our best. So, that, that's even, let's say, a part of how our growth process really is evolving. Um, 
what else? Naturally, Turkish basketball, we agree do a lot of uh, stuff with them. Uh, we work with a majority of the EuroLeague teams already. Um, we also work with the Chinese Basketball League. Uh, we work with several teams from Japan. Uh, we're uh, close to finishing off the deal with the uh, uh, East Asia Super League. So that's going to be uh, pretty huge for us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we literally do cover, let's say, a majority of the competitions. I mean, it's not just the men's side as well. I mean, uh, women's EuroLeague teams, uh, God knows how many women's leagues we basically have been thriving in. I really cannot even uh, fathom any longer. I mean, it's really been crazy. I mean, we even at the beginning of the season uh, reached out to the Icelandic Basketball Federation. We were working with their national team. All of a sudden, I uh, basically had this amazing call with their the head of their leagues, uh, Snorri, uh, as uh, the fellow's name over there. And we have a talk. We end up having to work with first the men's league, so the, the Subway Icelandic Basketball League, the men. And then all of a sudden, we work with the women as well. So, I mean, that's crazy. And I mean, the, the growth, it just ends up doubling, tripling all the time. So we're pretty, pretty happy with that. Obviously, you know, you know, data uh, analytics is, you know, it's it's commonplace. It's, it's, it's a must everything else in the United States, NBA. Um, are there, um, I mean, you just mentioned a lot of leagues, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and is, is it, uh, is it as widespread in Europe? Is there anybody who's, who's, who's kind of not doing it? Are there, are, is it, is it even fair to kind of ask if there's any forerunners in the field, as far as clubs using data, I mean, it's, it's one thing to kind of have the information, but it's another thing to, to, you know, to, implement, to yeah. imp- implement it into mm-hmm. like your game strategy and everything like that. Um, obviously it's everywhere in the NBA. Um, yeah. Is how, how widespread, how, 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 you know, uh, you know, extremely implemented is it in, 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 in Europe? in your opinion? Well, that is a very long story, but uh, let's consider it like this. So I consider the start of, let's say, the whole analytics and implementation journey happening, first of all, with Maury Ball. I mean, uh, Daryl's a crazy human being (laughs) that basically kind of uh, put everything on the flip side of it. And then he said, uh, we're going to basically change the way the game is played in the NBA. And since that day, the growth has been nonstop. And now 2022, um, I mean, the the growth is still continuing on and you no longer just see it in the NBA. I mean, you you don't just see it in the hands of the NBA fans, so to say. Um, You see it in Europe, you see it in Asia, you see it in Georgia, out of all places, I mean, even, even the league over there, there are teams in Georgia that are basically making sure that they uh, implement and understand how to make use of what they get just out of more than just the box score information. I mean, may that be the pick and roll insights that they basically th- see through us or the lineup analysis that they see through us or how they practically can understand how to out-rebound the opposing team based on the last five games that their opponent has played and the reports that they basically see through us. So, I mean, um, 
that's a never-ending circumstance, really. Um, I'll give you a very, very uh, nice, very short story. Uh, recently, we actually began uh, talking with the Barmer, uh, Barmer League. So the German Pro A, the second league, and the German Pro B, so the third league. And I had a very wonderful talk with uh, Florian Gut. So he is one of the advisors to the Barmer League. And after that talk, we basically come to an understanding that even with the second and third leagues in Germany, there are teams that practically make use of some level of insight. However, uh, they liked what kind of solution that we were providing to them. And uh, we basically said, all right, why not basically give all the teams a chance to be able to make use of our services? see exactly what's going to happen. Uh, right now, uh, just this morning, actually, I had checked. So uh, the playoffs are kind of like already formed in the Pro-A. And out of already the current quarterfinal matchups, four teams that are currently uh, not basically facing each other, but uh, are opponents of, let's say, other teams, they're using us right now in the playoffs. And they've already hit the pavement running and they've been making use of how Instats Insight basically is valuable to them. And it would not surprise me a tiny bit that one of these teams eventually is going to end up going to the finals, at least. So, I mean, it's very uh, nice to be able to see that, let's say, teams and players and coaching staff end up making use of, uh, let's say, big data information and also video insight and hopefully they can grasp on how to potentially come up with a better solution to win over their opponent, really. So would you say it's it's would you say it's fair to say that every bigger team, let's say Euroleague, EuroCup, BCL, yeah, is yeah. using in some regard data yeah. analytics, big data. I mean, otherwise you just you're behind you're behind the you're behind the time and you have no and you have no chance. I mean if, if you uh, are not looking into making use of some level of video and, and, and analytics or analysis or data that you potentially can make use of to win a basketball game, you're going to fall behind at the times. I mean, it's, it's that plain and simple. If you don't know what the four factors can actually do for you, or if you don't know how to, let's say, understand or grasp what, let's say, a lineup analysis can actually bring to your organization, then you're going to fall short at some point. I mean, it'll be sooner than later, but eventually you'll fall for it. And, and, and so when you guys, when you guys, uh, you know, if, 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 what are some of the things then, for example, that, that, you know, okay, you have, you have all of the, um, you know, you have all of the stats you have, but, but like what, what, a cl- what would a club, you know, you mentioned the, the last five games rebounding, for example, you know, give us maybe a couple of the, of the biggest, you know, requests that, 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 that clubs, you know, come to you with looking for specific information well, about game, game or opponent or whatever. I'll give you a very nice example. Very recently, a coach, uh, funnily enough, again, from Germany, um, they actually asked us to, let's say, differentiate what, a te- what their team was doing when they were winning versus when they were losing. So, I mean, they were looking at the average stats, so the average box score information, and they wanted to see the differentiation between what they were doing when they were winning and losing. 
and they ask us if this is actually possible to see. And I said, Coach, yeah, well, sure. I mean, the, the data is right in front of you there on the platform. You just need to basically select the, the games that you win versus the games that you lost. And then basically look at the, the box score information that you see in front of you popping up over there. And I mean, it ends up shocking how a coach can actually make use of that information simplistically on its own to give a better, uh, let's say, idea to tell his own players what they're doing right versus what they're doing wrong to come out the next game and actually get three, four more rebounds or get two, three more assists or let's say turn the ball over less. I mean, I'll give you a very, uh, let's say, commonized um, thing in pro basketball these days. At the highest level, a team that turns the ball over a maximum of 10 times is more prone to losing that game versus winning. So this is, let's say, a common mistake a lot of pro teams make. I mean, they think that they cannot prevent turnovers. I mean, obviously, the game of basketball is about making the least amount of mistakes. And the team that makes the least amount of mistakes obviously wins the game. But something that you can potentially deter your players from doing is turning the ball over. I mean, valuing possessions, valuing possessions. Exactly. Exactly. So the whole thought of behind points per possessions comes from evaluating that possession. And if you turn the ball over a lot less, you're going to end up winning the game. So potentially speaking, when you look at this whole statement of 10 turnovers actually or above allow you to, let's say, lose the game, then what happens if you actually just turn over the ball seven or six times? What happens then? And teams that actually potentially are looking to thrive at winning game after game they try to keep that uh, perspective always in mind. So try to turn over the ball less, keep it at six or seven, and then see how close you are to actually winning a game more. Obviously, you need to end up scoring no matter what. But, I mean, if you turn over the ball less, then obviously you don't give your opponent much more chance to be able to score the ball on you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you know, coaches, I think – I don't know this for a fact, but I, I, it, it seems to me that the things that they look at first when the box score turnovers, free throw percentage, yeah. and and then probably one of the next thing is offensive rebounds. Um, yeah. And 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 I one of my absolute foundational theories in in basketball is you never lose a game at the end. And I will always say to whoever says that, don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over twelve times turn it over nine times. Don't turn, don't, don't, don't shoot um, 67% of your free throws, make 75% of your free throws. And there's your points that you, at the end of a game, you never lose on that last position. You lost the game yeah. losing those three possessions, you know, those three turnovers, those five points that you, that you weren't able to hit on the free throw line. Even if you just shoot 78%, that may be five, you know, five free throws. That's five points. That's, that's a basket. And uh, and a three pointer that you didn't get because you missed five just just five more free throws. So, um, you you mentioned you know a lot of this is clubs, um, but uh, maybe focus on uh, are you guys focusing on player performance as well? Maybe you know and and do you have guys you know 
probably without you know naming names or whatever, but do you have players that come to you and want it as well? Maybe what's the focus on players' performance? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we work also with a whole bunch of players. I mean, I think we work with more than at least about uh, 13,000 players uh, globally speaking, if not even more. Um, one actually very uh, wonderful note that we have is we work exclusively with the EuroLeague uh, Players Association. So uh, any player that's a part of uh, ELPA basically has rights to be able to gain access to our platform. Oh, cool. And they directly can basically get information directly into their inboxes uh, once the game has been analyzed by us. Um, actually, on that note right now, I'm actually looking at Shane Larkin's uh, game from last night. So he already had 16 points, and um, I'm looking at three turnovers and then two steals. So guy went really, really crazy again and in just 33 minutes of play so i mean they needed him really, really, they, didn't, they didn't have that was a that was a that was a that was a defensive uh battle um, yeah for sure which which was which was which was really a, a uh an intriguing game because that's not ephesus game at all you know they're yeah. they're up and down run 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 and they really got down and and, and played a, a milan game um but uh and and larkin I mean, was Larkin was fantastic, and Misic was pretty pretty darn good too. But Larkin for sure. I I got I got shocked that uh, Olympia Milano got only stuck at uh, forty eight points. I mean, at the end of that game, this, and 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 and, and, and FS, FS is the, the worst defense in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 83.1 points so. per game that they give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, again, uh, goes to prove the level of insight that we actually provide. I mean. Um, any player, any coach, anybody that basically has access to the platform. Uh, something that we do crazy well, I think, is the fact that we uh, deliver the insight directly into their inbox. So um, they basically get that as soon as the game is analyzed. And that practically also means that uh, once the game is done, uh, you get direct information from us. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to go into specifically access anything. Um, you just get it in your inbox. You can just watch a full game from within clicking a certain link inside your inbox. And I think that that's a crazy good way to basically have access. Because, I mean, the, the easier that you have uh, access to something, it'll make you want to dig in even further more and uh, potentially make you potentially better as a player, as a coach. So that game is available for for basically everybody, players, coaches uh, immediately after, but it might not include the break the, yeah. the 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 data analysis and whatnot. But if they if they want to watch the there, full, but you said it, but you said it takes it would take 12, 12, 12 hours though. Roughly, average, roughly. I mean, our, 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 our yeah, average turnaround is about twelve hours, but I think it's also good that I do explain this. So I mean, certain uh, leagues and certain. Uh, games we do prioritize. For okay, instance, okay, NBA okay. games, early games, ACB games. I mean, any let's say top level, top league games, Germany, Turkish league, China. I mean, these are top tier leagues, obviously. So I mean, top tier leagues, they'll get analyzed in a shorter time span, to be honest. But still, okay. on, on in terms of an official time frame for any game to be analyzed, I mean, if it's grassroots in the U.S. versus, I don't know, like a youth development game from. Mongolia, even <laughs> then, I mean, it's 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 roughly about 12, 12 hours of a turnaround. But I mean, uh, yeah, 
I mean, if I look at an NBA game, yeah, we, we usually get that done in about what two and a half, three hours, I think. Two and a half, three hours. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, indicators of players' development. How 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 do you how do you see Ooh, that? Oh, nice question, Dave. Nice, nice question. No, um, how we deal with uh, let's say indicators for player development, we have something called uh, a skill set that we basically have on the platform. Uh, it's a rolling skill set, so. Uh, every 10 games, um, let's say games are analyzed for a team or a player, uh, the skill set actually rolls on. So we uh, basically attach percentiles based onto that skill set, and we see the growth or, let's say, the decline of certain skills based on where they are. Now, uh, the skill set can be rearranged on the platform. So, I mean, you can select a, a certain, uh, let's say, game of 10 to see where that skill set is growing into or declining towards. And practically based on that, you can understand how a player's development across even the season can be seen. Now, obviously, if you have more games in the pipeline, say if a player has played above, let's say, 40 games or 50 games, then naturally uh, you can also, let's say, differentiate where that player was a year ago versus where he is uh, right now in the season. So uh, we even have that kind of a tool available. And we even have a full comparison tool available uh, for, let's say, looking at a player that's played, I don't know, seven seasons ago versus where he is right now. We can even compare, let's say, two different profile types. We can even uh, compare two different players from very, very different leagues. We even have uh, data availability on that. So, I mean, we also include the strength of how one league compares to the other, roughly speaking. I mean, it's not, let's say, an exact science, to be honest. I mean, there are specialists, for instance, uh, again, this reverts back to a uh, previous question you asked. I mean, there are people even in Europe right now or in the U.S. that, work on uh, strength of schedule information. And they make use of big data that are provided by platforms like ours. And they compare one league. So for instance, the German basketball league compares to the Turkish basketball league, how, how that actually kind of fares out. And uh, through our platform, I mean, in certain, uh, let's say, insights, you can potentially even see that information pop up. So a guy like, so for a guy like Fedor Sugic with Ulm, mm-hmm. it's yeah. probably you you it's probably really you could really see something change within the season. Yeah. Yeah. Considering for considering sure. the guy came as a kid, you know, first time mm-hmm. abroad, mm-hmm. you know, first time outside of his country, uh, playing, you know, playing for a point guard coach, uh, you know, uh, a winning coach, mm-hmm. playing with NBA professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> and then to, you know, up to scoring 21 points in a, in a Euro cup game against Gran Canaria, you know, the sort of the development yeah. that he's gone through in one season, you could, you could see that in your, on your platform then like that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You'd be able to see that fully. It, I mean, um, again, to a point, we also have a lot of historical information on the platform that allows you to 
uh, pretty much see the evolution of a player. I mean, um, I won't be one to judge, but I mean, so, something that I had looked into the past personally myself was something called the Carmelo Project. It's something that basically uh, allows you to see the, the evolution of a player in terms of performance as well as valuation overall, financially speaking, based on where they are. So I mean, NBA players, they can potentially be looked at through the Carmelo Project and then you can also kind of like predict their future, where they are. Now, obviously, in terms of global basketball, there's no such major project that's really available because, I mean, financial valuations of contracts is just not uh, feasible to be able to be looked into. But uh, in terms of just solely performance insights, uh, hop onto the Insta platform, look at a player, where they were five, six years ago versus where they are right now, that's definitely doable. And I mean, you can go far back as I think about 11, 12 years right now in terms of statistical insight. And sometimes we even uh, dig in into very special games. For instance, uh, I know for a fact that we've actually analyzed MJ's flu game. We even have that on the platform. Okay. And I mean, to, to, to me, that's special. I mean, being able to have that kind of insight Honest, that 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 really uh, puts us in a very hole of the ballpark. So, to say. one of the things that you mentioned, and I, I would actually kind of come back to because uh, people who follow me, uh, you know, also you know, you know, deal a lot with youth basketball, and and one of the things that you do, uh, you guys do, is also work with uh, youth national uh, with federations, youth national team systems. Just was kind of wondering yeah. how data analytics can, and I and I know that that. Um, you know, that, that some of the quote, smaller countries, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of try to try, have tried to use it to kind of, you know, push the envelope a little bit and, and, and catch up a little bit. Mm -hmm. how, how do you guys, you know, what, what, what is it that, that you guys offer them that can help a, an entire youth national team system improve, you know, obviously, you know, if you, if you have athleticism and whatnot, but, you know, but, but what do you, what, what can you guys provide that, that can help an entire youth national team, uh, youth, uh, system? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a very, very nice, uh, response to that. So, um, two years ago, we actually, um, uh, got in touch with the Dutch basketball federation. Um, they are literally growing. And I mean, we, we're seeing that this kind of a growth potentially could happen with some better understanding in terms of how they can make use of analytics. They're very, very smart uh, basketball federation overall. So uh, we, first of all, decided to work with their uh, senior men's team. Then we worked with their senior women's team. All of a sudden we saw that, let's say, uh, it's not just at the highest level that they really, really wanted insight. They also wanted to understand how they could potentially make use of the system that we're currently providing at the lowest level. So go drop down all the way to under 14 national team level. They said, would it be possible for you to analyze these kind of games for us? Obviously, I mean, no, no big, let's say, issues. As long as we have the game film, we, ha we have the, let's say, box score information for the players, we can analyze the game. And we did so. We began actually analyzing from under 14 
under 16, under 17, under 18 level games, all the way up. And we actually began building up a library for the Dutch Basketball Federation. When you're down the line, now the Dutch Basketball Federation has a pool of data about players that they've actually made use of. And they said to us, all right, so we see this data information right now. What if we want to see this even a much more localized circumstance? Can you break down games at, let's say, local league level so we can actually understand and potentially get the best players from the league and invite them over to uh, national teams? Would that be a circumstance that we can potentially work on? We said, obviously, but then we would need to be able to let's say, get in touch with the clubs, get in touch with the teams, and uh, if they'd be willing to work with us towards that, then sure. So um, as an organization, we got in touch with several clubs in different, uh, let's say, age groups, and then reached out to them. A bunch of them actually wanted to work with us, so we even did that. Uh, we even uh, worked with a bunch of the Dutch Talent League teams, which is uh, under-22 league uh, men's teams so they're let's say the biggest pool of talent that potentially can make a jump towards uh, the national team or even pro level teams and we began even analyzing those so the growth of let's say players within the pool of talent that the national federation wants to pick out of has grown immensely within such a growing organization as the Dutch Basketball Federation already is, their future is extremely bright because they now can see exactly what players are being grown, locally speaking, how they can actually pick them up at a national team level and make potentially use of them. And I mean, this goes hand in hand, obviously, with the, the current system that they do have. So I mean, they, they have evaluators inside the federation and these evaluators, they potentially also now can make use of that the right way. So as to be able to grow uh, the next level of senior men's or women's teams players. So, I mean, it's, it's fundamentally a very, very sound level of a project to be able to develop. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't take an arm and a leg to basically get this kind of a thing done. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, let's say another thing that we, try to thrive upon. I mean, we try to make the whole circumstance very cost-effective to federations. So um, it becomes more of a growth plan and a growth project for them to develop in basketball. I mean, it's a very, very surprising circumstance uh, to me. A couple of months ago, um, I was just looking around Europe and I was like, what would make the most sense? I mean, what country potentially can maybe likely make a jump uh, towards the next level of being a basketball nation. Bakken Bears. They've been doing some very crazy things. I mean, I was like, okay, what's, what's happening in Denmark here? I mean, we, we already work with the Bakken Bears. And uh, I mean, I reached out to Coach Somers. Uh, I mean, Anders Somers is a crazy human being. I mean, he, he's an amazing basketball mind, by the way. I mean, it blows me still to this day. Um, their former head coach uh, as well. He, he was also a uh, really, really uh, great human being. Uh, amazing sports director over there at Bakken Bears, by the way. And yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of like had a talk. 
And he said, you know what? Best thing is to do is to just reach out to the Danish Basketball Federation. If it makes any kind of sense to you guys, then you create some kind of educational value towards basically bringing in staff. And right now we're at the cusp of closing a very uh, solid deal with the Danish Basketball Federation for potentially a year-to-year agreement with them. And hopefully that'll basically mean that at every level that um, potentially they have, so from under 14 all the way to the seniors pro teams, they'll be able to use this. And as mentioned about how the Dutch Federation has actually done it, you can basically see the same kind of growth in Denmark. And I mean, I, I think with what Bakken's already done so far with their own structuring, you can see that kind of, let's say, uh, satellite circumstance popping up on every pro team on the men's side. Eventually, the women's game is going to grow in Denmark very soon. I mean, I know that they're just kind of like starting out and they're eventually going to grow into their shell, so to say. But I mean, I think Denmark could be the next big thing. Well, I mean, you, also, you also have, uh, you know, you have Ife Lundberg now in the NBA to, to give uh, young uh, Danish yeah, players yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, young, young Danish kids. Uh, wow. We've, we've done it. You know, we've actually sent somebody to the NBA and um, so scouting sort of principle, I guess, um, you know, scouting for a player for NBA for the draft, for example, you know, how, mu- how much does it matter now? to see a guy with your own eyes with your own eyes live against the 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 basketball analysis you know sort of a foundational Ooh, I, question I'm 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 the, I'm the terrible person to ask really ask that question because I mean I I really carry a very kind of leveled out answer to that I mean me being a former scout having mm-hmm. done this years on end back in the NBA and even in the NCAA I then, mean then I, then I don't know if there's if this changes at all Maybe how that's changed with the information that you guys now have available, or those you know that well, scouts have. It, so. it for sure has. I mean, uh, we work with some of the top uh, European, let's say, prospecting uh, organizations already. I mean, may that be from Eurospec all the way to Eurohoops or whatever those guys. I mean, they they use a lot of the information that they already see on our platform, and they let's say come up with. Uh, inside based on what they see through there but yeah i mean it's changing for sure i mean the good old eye test so to say uh it takes you so far anyway uh but yeah i mean if you are not a little bit of data driven kind of person these days then it's going to make your life that much harder because i mean there's so much data that's actually presented to you and it should be potentially in front of you if you can't uh let's say comment on it or make use of that insight the right way, again, you're going to fall short. I mean, big data is out there for anyone, and you just need to know how to be able to make use of it. I mean, analytics, I think, is, let's say, already made a jump from just being available just stateside in the U.S. versus now being entirely global. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, people that are basically interested in this kind of an atmosphere or want to know more about it, they definitely need to get their head in the game, so to say. Yeah, uh, we've we've all seen the the evolution of the game uh, with more three pointers. We 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 see that uh, we see that here in Europe. Uh, it's not as 
it's not as uh, ever present. It's getting closer, but you know, um, but that that you know, that's clearly been a you know foundational evolution um, uh, in in the in the game. Uh, l- let's start with the NBA because so many people look to the NBA. Do you see a foundation uh, foundational change, sort of similar to three pointers coming so soon? And 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 if so, what do you think that might be? Well, I mean, I think the next evolution within the NBA, I think we're going to, let's say, see a resurgence of the mid-level, the mid-range game really popping back up. I mean, um, a lot of players have been actually hinting at it. A lot of the trainers that are actually training out uh, players in the offseason, they're hinting at it as well. And, I mean, even when we look at all of the heat maps that are currently popping up on a per-game basis in our system, uh, I see a lot more of the mid-range game making a resurgence for sure. So that really doesn't surprise me a lot. Obviously, I mean, there will be teams or players every now and again that will definitely try to uh, go force the three-point shot that much more. But, yeah, um, that's a, that's a sure thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the European game is way different than it always is going to be in the NBA. I mean, it's much more well-rounded as far as I see it. I mean, defense and offense – um, tends to be uh, much more, let's say, given balance focused on. I mean, when you have a game where Olympia Milano just manages to score 48 points versus FS being one of the worst, let's say, defensive yearly uh, teams potentially available, I mean, even, even that says uh, so much in itself. So, yeah, um, I think more or less globally speaking, uh, defense is much more on the rise, uh, unlike than it is, let's say, stateside in your uh, in the U.S. And practically, that's also a primary reason why we also took into account um, looking at the deflections a lot more. Really, I mean, deflections potentially don't necessarily mean that uh, the deflection is done versus a loose ball circumstance actually happens. The deflection potentially means that you actually get a hold of that possession and reuse uh, it for your own purpose. So uh, that's the way we potentially look at it. And any team that potentially has two, three deflections in a game has a better opportunity to potentially win the game. So um, giving that kind of inside out. So teams that are actually looking at making, let's say, big runs or big plays, if they dissect their game down during the course of, let's say, the third and uh, fourth quarter or even the second or third quarter, if you manage to just grab two or three of those babies and then make a run at the opposing team again, you can definitely get uh, something special going. Um, we've... Um... Most of the the talk, uh, you know, has kind of been focused on 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 the men's game, and 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 I know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if nothing else, is looking at your Twitter feed, you guys also do, uh, you know, just as much. Uh, you know, everything is available for you know all the leagues you guys have in the in the women's game as well. Um, but I, I did want to uh, actually give you a chance to kind of uh, uh, throw some uh, throw some information about uh, about three on three basketball. Uh, that you guys are now just starting up on on instat with uh, with you know it's it's been at the olympics uh you know fiba is pushing three on three a lot 
um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a following, um, there's a, you know, three on three, you know, th- there are three on three stars, et cetera. Um, the five on five community, um, you know, might, might, I don't want to say look down upon it, but just might ignore it. Uh, but it's definitely there and it's definitely growing. Um, so maybe just talk about what you, uh, because, you know, you know, I'll, you know, there's, there's, there's basketball is a very stat driven game, uh, stat driven game. Um, and, 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 and that kind of, you know, because there's the breakdown of the stats that kind of makes it a, you know, foundationally or operationally easier to tag things in the game. Um, maybe talk about what your, what the three on three basketball analysis looks like for you guys. And, and what do you, what you're doing to, to kind of push that? Well, good line for sure, Dave. I mean, so I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. I mean, we're, we're just, let's say, trying to finish off um, building up a three-on-three basketball platform. So this is uh, the next level of, let's say, basketball video analysis that we plan on doing. And, I mean, I, for one, as a global head of basketball, for instance, I mean, I, I definitely differentiate five-on-five versus three-on-three. I think they're totally – different realms of basketball for sure and crossover between the two is obviously going to happen no matter what but yeah um it's a different world with three on three basketball and we're just let's say getting started i mean i for one had to do let's say a lot of uh read up and let's say re-understanding about it i mean the let's say the gameplay itself is very very different anyway so uh but we're getting there uh, we're, let's say, uh, a couple of weeks out in terms of having uh, the platform fully ready. I mean, we're initially still testing out a few things. And I mean, I recently on Twitter shared um, just a very brief glimpse on what we even did with Instat TV. Um, so yeah, Instat TV is our, let's say, uh, partner organization in terms of whatever we do in terms of production. Uh, we basically put that out on Instat TV. So we currently already are uh, producing three-on-three basketball games for certain tournaments. But yeah, um, very, very different world. And it's, let's say, going to be very simplistic in terms of the analysis and the insight that we provide. However, it's going to be definitely very, very also insightful of what we're planning on doing. Um, obviously, the games are a lot shorter on uh, three-on-three basketball. So uh, we're looking at, uh, let's say, a shorter analysis time frame but yeah um the aim and perspective that i specifically myself have is the fact that i mean we're looking at targeting the next world cup to, to launch throughout hopefully speaking and yeah i mean any three-on-three basketball nation or team or player that has interest in uh basically getting a look uh at our uh, three-on-three basketball platform as soon as we basically launch uh we'll make uh, let's say uh, a good uh, social media share about it. And then hopefully we'll see exactly how that goes. But if there are any interested parties for sure, reach out to us and then uh, you can definitely find out more about that when the right time comes. But I mean, it's, it's going to be a very, very big thing. I mean, I see a lot of potential and growth in it, to be honest. And uh, it's an aspect of the game that I think, uh, Dr. Naismith, he didn't really actually potentially envision this kind of a thing happening, but I think it 
uh, was going to happen no matter what. I mean, I even get the odd question every now and again. I mean, what happens even with one-on-one games? I mean, would you guys be able to even analyze those? But I, 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 to, 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 to some point, I, I don't see a lot of sense in it, to be, I mean, to be honest, because I know that basketball is more of a team sport and it should be kept at that. But uh, it has come up. I mean, even analyzing one-on-one games, does that make sense? I mean, uh, I've been asked it a couple of times in the past. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a scary thing to even consider and look into, but for, for the time being, I think we're going to keep focus on more of the team aspect of things. And yeah, and three on three basketball is pretty much, uh, the next stage for us. Uh, one, one of the last things here, um, I, I'm actually for, for those who know me, I'm actually a, a, a much, much bigger, uh, baseball fan than, than, than even basketball fan. And, um, uh, and something that I've heard in, in, uh, in the world of baseball, um, is the MIT Sloan sports analytics conference. And, um, it, it, it seems to me that, and this is not in a bad way at all, but it seems to me like that is let's say a uh, let's say a data geek heaven <laughs> meeting up with other data uh, data geeks and again this is not yeah. in a bad way whatsoever um but but i've heard a lot about it um maybe uh, as you have this on on your resume uh an attendee of the mit uh, uh Sloven sports analytics conference uh, tell, tell me, because I am, I am, I am very, very interested in just what, what it's like there. Uh, what, what, what was that like? Well, that, that is a heaven created by, uh, Daryl <laughs> and the guy. I mean, again, Daryl Morey being Daryl Morey. I mean, he, he did an amazing job of building that thing up from the ground. I mean, uh, first of all, begun in a classroom environment in MIT, but then grew into something that is so much more these days. I mean, it is now what I think at least the 17th or 18th edition, if not more, if not more. I mean, I've, I've even lost track of it, but yeah, I mean, you basically go to Boston, you join the Sloan MIT uh, sports conferences. And I mean, you can see anything from data analytics and different kind of sports popping up there. Uh, talk with the top geeks uh, of sports and practically like, uh, digging into things that you would not be even able to imagine. Um, even the dear and wonderful Dean Oliver, I mean, he ends up uh, going there um, as a guest always. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a heaven for somebody that's so well-rooted in uh, sports analytics like myself. And I mean, I took pleasure in being a part of that organization for years on end. And um, I definitely learned a lot from a lot of different people and not necessarily just from basketball geeks. I mean, uh, people that were in soccer analytics, people that were just plain big data guys, um, even people from Google and Facebook and whatnot. I mean, I just, let's say, got to experience a lot of uh, cool ways to look at data and then potentially reevaluate it and even potentially comment on it because I mean something that actually does go amiss a lot is how you can express the notion of how data should be presented to certain people because I mean 
players look at the game very simplistically. Coaches look at the game in the most advanced aspect of trying to win the game. You have front office people or GMs or managers of teams that are just trying to put a team together that can actually make a good run to win games or win championships. And the data guys have to be the people that actually try to assess and give you that insight that says, okay, if you put five guys on the court the right way, you win. So how does that translate to the right kind of, let's say, person that you're trying to have a talk with? Oh, I mean, it's, it's a very, very different thing trying to talk to a player as a coach in, let's say, a 30-second timeout trying to explain to him what he's supposed to do with the ball for the next two, three minutes versus what you're trying to express, I don't know, as a coach or a GM to your president of the club and how all that data translates the right way. So, I mean, if you're in an environment like uh, some sports dynamics conference, then, yeah, I mean, you basically kind of get glimpses of what people have experienced in their own circles. And if you're able to carry all that information the right way over into an organization that you're a part of, or uh, let's say make use of it the right way, so to say, then you're gold for sure. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff um, and uh, just give you a chance to, uh, if there's anything else that you kind of want to, uh, you know, you knew that we were talking, you know, my platform, you know, the people who are listening, uh, anything that you kind of, you know, maybe something that we haven't talked about or something that you want to say. Well, Dave, I mean, there's never enough that we can talk about. I think, I mean, whenever I have a conversation with you, it always ends up going hours on end. So, I mean, um, I'm most probably have missed out on several gold nuggets, but still, um, yeah, knowing, knowing your audience, uh, I, first of all, like to thank you for this opportunity to have a talk with you and yeah, for anybody that basically has interest in any kind of basketball data analytics or video analysis, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to do my best to, uh, hit you back up and try to give you a response no matter what. Anybody that's interested in Instat, uh, also feel free to reach out to us. I always try to do my best to give you guys a response back accordingly as well. And yeah, for anybody that basically is crazy enough to try to talk me into what the next level of uh, basketball analytics really is about, for sure hit me up. I mean, I'm always happy to give it a look and then give it a thought through and then see what can be done with it. Tell everybody your, the where they can find you, et cetera, all, all, all your platforms, et cetera. Well, uh, easiest way to reach me potentially would be through uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle is rmi.duranapb. Uh, so you can for sure uh, reach me on there. Um, you can also potentially find me on LinkedIn. Just give me a quick search. You should be able to definitely uh, reach out to me. So again, just type out rmi.duran and then you should be able to find me on LinkedIn and then hit me up for sure. And yeah, I mean, with Instat, uh, the best thing is to basically hop on our uh, website. So instatsupport.com and then just go over to the basketball resource. And then from there, just fill out an inquiry form. We'll be able to get back to you as soon as possible.
All right. Fantastic. Ermai Duran, Global Director of Basketball at Instat. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the wonderful conversation. And uh, uh, yeah, just keep up the great work. Thanks so much. We'll definitely do.